Listener Production. Okay, are you recording? Welcome along. Stoked to have you on board. Happy you are here. All those things and more for episode 95 of the Howie Games Part A. Hopefully you're all having a wonderful day wherever you are tuning in and that this chat puts a bit of a smile on your dial and a spring in your step. Firstly, right off the top, I must thank all of you for listening, downloading and recommending the show because because the most recent official Aussie podcast report, very official stuff, listed the Howie Games as the most downloaded sports podcast in Australia last month and the sixth most downloaded podcast overall in the country, which absolutely blows me away. So thanks, guys. I love your work for listening and it really gives me a lift to know how many people are listening to the show. Being in the media for about 20 years, there's one thing I've learned. If your ratings are terrible, you just don't mention them. You say, I don't care about ratings, but if they're good, you give them a good pump up. So that's what I'm doing and thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All righty. This week's episode features NBA champion Patty Mills. 23 oh, good job by Patty. And airs to Patty. Right. Got it. Patty Mills, quarter three. Good out, so you search and try to find But you don't know where to go So many thoughts flood through your mind You're confused and want to know Mystery, what is to be? So much more than meets the eye Listen to me, time is your key You will find out by and by Prior to recording this episode, I'd never actually met Paddy Mills, never interviewed him, but I've always been, from a distance, a big fan of the way he carries himself, his warmth and his awareness of social issues, let alone the work he does on the basketball court. Now, I came away from this episode absolutely buzzing. It was recorded pretty late at night and afterwards I was bombarding my beautiful wife, Erica, with stories about Paddy. Paddy said this, Paddy did that, Paddy thinks this. Paddy Mills had a massive impact on me. This has gone straight away into one of my favourite episodes of the show ever. If you combine Paddy's background, his upbringing, his desire to succeed, his leadership, his work as a role model and a spokesman, his empathy and care for others, that's what really gets me about Paddy, his love and sharing of his culture and his ability to hit massive three-point bombs. For three. This man can shoot. Well, if you combine all that, it makes for a pretty powerful combination. Can't they see they hold the key? Could make things better if they try. Oh my Jaja, tell me why. Won't they open up their eyes? This show has always aimed to revolve around the themes of inspiration and motivation. And in that light, I can think of no better guest than the man you're about to hear. Enjoy the wonderful, wonderful story and storytelling of Patrick Sammy Mills. So when you search and then you find And know just where to go And thoughts that once used to cloud your mind You see clearly and now you know Mystery, what is to be Revealed in King Selassie I Come on children, try it with me We want to reach Mount Zion Absolutely pumped to welcome to the Howie Games. San Antonio, Texas is where he is at the moment. NBA star and great Australian as well. Paddy Mills. Millsy, welcome to the show. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's good to be able to chat with some, with some Aussies. Paddy, as I said, I'm absolutely thrilled to have the opportunity to have a chat with you. You're in San Antonio, a long way from where it all started. I've been doing a little bit of reading 
firstly about your family history, which I found fascinating. Can you delve into that with me a little bit on on both your mum and your dad's side and tell me a bit about their story and start with your dad, Benny, out of out of the Torres Strait? Yep. Yeah, of course. Um, so on my dad's side, um, my, my, my dad obviously being born and raised in, in Thursday Island in the Torres Strait. Um, my grandfather comes from the Nagyal people of Nagi Island in the Torres Strait, Central Islands. And my grandmother comes from uh, Mer, Murray Islands, uh, Far Eastern Islands, Torres Strait, uh, where the Great Barrier Reef begins um, in, in far north Queensland. So um, a real, you know, deep roots up there. Um, one from a... Um, obviously, the land of the of native title in in Murray Islands. Um, you know, probably the the one that people recognise the most is is uh, Eddie Mabo. Um, so that's Murray Islands, and and my grandfather uh, from the Central Islands. He was a deep sea diver, um, and he dived for pearls. He was captain of two uh, pearling lugger boats. One was pen- penguin, and the other one was pelican. Um, so life around the ocean, mate, obviously a strong cultural connection to, you know, the, the ocean, the water, the, the, uh, the reef, um, that kind of stuff. Um, that was my upbringing. Um, I, I brought up in, in that. So, uh, you know, my lifestyle has always been about on the water and, and putting the dinghy down, getting out, um, going fishing, spear fishing. Um, absolutely love it and, and are still able to do it um, whenever we go back now um, or, or find somewhere to be able to do that. Um, so, again, yeah, that, that's my upbringing and um, uh, all the family still up there um, on Thursday Island or, or throughout the Torres Strait. Um, what's, it like, what's it like for you when you go back there? I was, I was looking at a video yesterday going back to, now you have to get my pronunciation right, it was M-E-R, Mer Island, was it? Yep. Um, and it just... It was incredible to see you up there and the interaction. What's it like when you go back there? I know, and we'll get to the championship trophy. And I think you took that back there at some point, the NBA trophy. But what's it like going back into that part of the world, and and how do you assimilate back into that style of life when you're coming from Texas of all places? Oh, it's home, mate. It's it's without a doubt home. And and um, no matter how far I am or, or how long I'm away, I'll, I'll always go back and and have that sense. Um, and, and not only because of my family, but you know that that is who I am. Um, and I think to flip, you know, the the of what you said, um, I've been able to come on the other side of the world from from home um, and be able to still live that same lifestyle, right? Like. You know, my wife and I practice um, um, culture on a daily basis, whether it's through, you know, songs or dances or um, language or even um, in the kitchen. You know, my wife now knows how to cook uh, traditional recipes that were taught from wow. my, my aunties and uncles. So it, it's, it's an interesting point because it's a beautiful thing, Indigenous culture, because I can literally pack it up and I can take it with me uh, wherever I want to go. But I think that the bonus factor is that um, I can help people, I can help educate people on my own identities and, and that's obviously something that's important. So what is day-to-day life for you when you go back to, to that part of the world and disconnect from the modern world and reconnect with your roots? Like, What are you doing when you're there, Patty? It fascinates me. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, 
I think first that I don't see myself as reconnecting because I don't, I, I never disconnect from it, right? Like I know right. it might be hard for people to, to sense, but I mean, if you came through my house and you see all the artwork that, that's up and all the ways that I'm able to really stay connected with my culture on a, on a day-to-day basis, if we're driving in the car, you know, pumping whatever type of, of music that, that brings <laughs> me back there. Um, even in quarantine, the, the number of um, meals that, that the missus has made, um, that, that she's learned from my aunties and uncles. But day to day when we're back there, mate, my grandparents' um, house still sits there on on the, the, the hill um, where my grandfather built my first ever basketball hoop. Um, so, you know, family dinners are, are always gathered up there where everyone would come from the island to, to have dinner, um, would put the dinghy down, would go out and spend hours out on the boat um, fishing, um, island hopping too and, and having barbecues on beaches, on, on other islands, that kind of stuff. Um, it's... it's uh, that's the life right there, mate. Like I'm working my <laughs> I'm working my behind off over here to hopefully get back there one day and, and be able to do that on a regular basis. I spent some time in um, Papua New Guinea where the surf, oh, nice. Paddy, absolutely pumps. Yeah. Um, beautiful part of the world, amazing culture, such friendly people. Any waves in the Torres Strait you need to tell me about or is it all too protected up there? Yeah, you know what? It, it's all um, it's all passages of water and, and because of mm. the reefs, right, like um, it, it is very choppy, high winds, um, so definitely not ideal for, for surfing. Um, but, I mean, fishing, uh, pearl diving, once upon a time, there's still a live pearl farm up there on, on Friday Island. Um, but no, no use for the surfboards up there, mate. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> what's, your, what's your fishing like? Are you a good fisherman? And, and what's the best catch up there? Yeah, mate, I, um, I would like to say that I'm a, I'm a spear fisherman. That's my uh, go-to outside of the basketball court. Um, we either take a spear gun or a, um, or a traditional uh, three-prong, we like to call it. Um, so I still like to go the traditional, the t- traditional route. Um, but, yeah, anything from, uh, you know, massive crayfish that are up there that, that are really good, um, any any fish, uh, reef fish for the most part. Um, we've got coral trouts. That's probably one of our favourites mm. to be able to catch. But uh, And then you've got the old school hand reels, you know. I think that the missus prefers that to be able to sit in the dinghy and just throw the line uh, over the boat. So, uh, yeah, mate, I'm, I'm getting homesick now uh, <laughs> describing all <laughs> Well, I'm stuck oh, I'm, in quarantine over here. I'm loving the conversation. Um, you keep referring to your missus. What's your wife's name? Her name's Alyssa. Alyssa. So when you talk about cooking traditional meals back there in San Antonio, what type of stuff are we talking about there? Yeah, we're talking about um, anything from um, damper is what we called, which is like a, oh. a homemade bread, right? Yeah, and, and yeah. what you put up there. Um, what else we're talking about? We're talking about uh, a, a style of curry chicken, I guess you'd like to say. Um, a little bit of hamper and rice. I guess that's my um, my you know childhood food, I guess, that I like to, and I still have it now, to be honest. It's like, what do you want for dinner? Or where do you want to go for your birthday? I was like, let's just stay home and have some hamper on rice kind of thing. And, um, and what's that? What's that? Hamper on rice? What is that? It's uh, corned beef in a, oh. in a sort of tinned, uh, tinned meat, but how it how it's curried and um, other recipes that, that go in there. Fried scones is probably another one that's, um, that's uh, you know, very unique. 
again, these are all like cheap meals. So it's not like I have it all the time, but if I work hard in the week, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'm able to have some cheap meals. But fried scones, mate, um, they're, they're probably one of my favorite go-tos, um, you know, and you got to have the technique too. Like that's one of the things that it's not like you anyone <laughs> can walk in the kitchen and whip it up. So uh, she's put a lot of hours in to be able to try and perfect it and, and she's almost there, I reckon. You might be getting homesick. I'm getting hungry doing this now. I'm thinking about the fried scones. So we talked about your father's side. Now tell me about your mother's side of the, the family, Patty. Your mum, Yvonne? Yep, yep. Mum's from um, uh, and, and that side of the family is from the far west coast of South Australia, the Gogeta people um, of, of South Australia um, and, and a really unique place um, and a lot of history too. My mum has a... Um, a, a massive side of the family there with brothers and sisters um, and and majority of them are, are still there um, based around uh, um, Sojuna um, basically and, oh. and and again yeah a, a, a lot of uh, my upbringing was was making sure we, we went out there and, and spent a lot of time there um, so still a lot of family that, that are out there and in other parts of, of uh, country South Australia too. Um, but yeah, I guess the, the background of, of my mum's story as well is very unique, right? And, and definitely played a part in, um, in who I've become and, and how I've gotten to this stage, right? I, I always think about the lessons that she's taught about, um, about strength, about adversity, about how to overcome adversity to, to get where I am. So, um, a, a very unique part of, of the world, South Australia. And, um, you know, I, I love that part as well. When you're talking about your mum's story, I did a little bit of reading and there was an involvement with the stolen generation from what I could understand. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what to say to that. Um, Where does it sit with you, what your mum went through? Yeah, look, I think right now, to be honest, mate, like where I've come in my career, I've been able to, um, you know, learn how to be able to educate people on Australian history right and and yeah. it has become a big part of who all of us Australians are today um, so yeah that you, you can go down the path of um, how it's affected me um, as a young indigenous boy growing up in 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 um, you know in an environment to try and um, you know get through different obstacles and hurdles right to to accomplish things um in this Uh case sport but anything um so so like i said you know mum's teachings of what um she went through had had weighed heavily on me and and helped me in many different ways and and there's no question that i wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with you if if it wasn't for um for those lessons from from mum in particular um, but but also dad. So um, yeah, look, I think now being in America now for going on, geez, well, 13, 14 years or something like that. Um, you know, it's still a very strong part of me. But I've understood how to, you know, turn that into an educational piece to to teach Americans on Australian culture, right? And and I don't think it's something that um, you know. You have to acknowledge because it's it's happened in Australia's history, but, you know, how can we help to be able to, one, better Indigenous life? I mean, you know, I don't 
think people rem, you know know or, or remember that there's only three percent of you know indigenous Australians um, indigenous people in Australia so to be able to find ways to help um, to better indigenous life is one thing um, and, and again just like sports and just like this this environment that I was brought up in culturally um, all of this comes from my, my parents right they um, they dedicated their lives to to this kind of stuff, working within the Australian government for, you know, 50 odd years or, you know, something around there anyway, um, to, to be able to do exactly that, you know, create opportunities, create pathways, um, education, health, women, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. So um, that, that's where it all comes from for me. Um, and, and I've got a lot, a lot of them to thank. I know this is a, a long-winded answer for, for what no. you're saying, mate, but, um, you know, when you look at the big picture and put it in perspective, yeah. Well, it's hard to answer these things in in a shorthand manner, I reckon. Also, <laughs> it seems that San Antonio has been and and your franchise has been really embracing of not only your cultures but all sorts of cultures. I saw the, the video you tweeted the other day of your highlights with the didgeridoo in the background, which, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> And there was a special Indigenous celebration. I think it was at the start of this season you spoke and you quoted Martin Luther King and it was pretty powerful stuff, but it seems your organisation, which says something about them, the Spurs, and I presume they do it with all players, really take the time to find out about you and what makes you tick and where you come from. And I thought to myself, gee, that must be a strong organisation to, to have that ability to invest in those people involved in it. It was really cool. I would like to acknowledge the, the traditional owners of the land we have all gathered here today, the Tapilam Kwawaltekan Nation, and pay my respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. In an attempt to highlight the need to preserve, protect, and promote traditions and culture of all Indigenous people throughout the world, I'd like to thank the San Antonio Spurs and everyone who contributed in making this the NBA's first ever Indigenous night. So in the words of the Honourable Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., we are not makers of history, we are made by history. Yeah, you've nailed it on the head, mate. I mean, uh, when you think of professional sports, right, and I guess how much money is involved, it, it is a little bit rare to to hear all those words align with a, a major professional sports team. Um, it's something that I think, you know, you would see at the grassroots level to make sure people stay grounded and understand where they come from. Um, but But... To be honest, I think it's unheard of when, when you get to this elite level, which is why I'm truly grateful to, to be in a position that allows me to be me, um, but also allows me to educate, you know, the fans here in, in San Antonio about who I am. And I think it helps that San Antonio is such a diverse place, um, first of all, you know, with, with how much culture is is uh, involved here with the Hispanic community, you know, which... Uh, again, I think it worked hand in hand. We were able to dive into a culture that, um, sorry, that's a dog that's walking back there. That's um, okay. <laughs> uh, a culture <laughs> that really um, 
um, you know, we, we were able to dive into and, and learn a, a lot about and kind of see the similarities, right? And and they were the same thing. They were eager to learn about our culture. So I, I agree with you, mate. This has been a, a definitely a, a unique situation, a little bit of stars aligning and, and being in, um, you know, the, the right spot at the right time, I guess. Um, never would I imagine that I'd be, you know, a San Antonio Spur, let alone you know, nine seasons now going on 10 um, and and a championship as well. Um, that, that's that's unheard of, mate. So, uh, you know, I, I I pinch myself every now and again and, and get the goosebumps when, when I think what I've been able to accomplish. But um, in saying that, mate, I'm, I'm still a competitor first before anything else and eager to accomplish goals and uh, achieve the unimaginable, I, I guess, in that sense. So let's strip it back then. As a young bloke, um, were you always a competitive man? Like as a three and four year old, were you one of those kids that was full on competitive? Yeah, look, uh, I, I don't know where it comes comes from that that competitive desire. Um, I can only assume it's come from um, people consistently telling me that I can't do things, um, and not just speaking about basketball. This is a, a very broad term, right? But. I think, you know, I must have developed that at a young age um, on, on top of all the stuff that, you know, mum and dad were able to teach me culturally and, and, and those adverse adversity hurdles, I guess. Um, but, but I've always been that way. And I think as, as I've faced more adversities, right, that's fueled the motivation for me to, you know, do as well as I can and, and beat them at, at the sport or beat them in the race or whatever it may be. And, and going back to the earlier question that you asked me, that's what I missed the most because I haven't been able to be competitive in this quarantine environment. You know, I'm getting dusted by the dog in the backyard with footy, but that's, that's about it. <laughs> so when did you first play basketball? What, what are your first memories, Paddy, of basketball? Yeah, uh, mum and dad having an um, Indigenous basketball club uh, called Shadows um, and growing up in an environment where they were getting, I mean, you know, Indigenous players from all around the country and holding carnivals. Um, and that cool. was the environment that I, I grew up in, right? It, it was just a like-minded place, um, you know, cousins, um, uncles and aunties in, involved. So that was the, the basketball circle that I guess uh, I grew up in. And being an only child, you know, from that point I played other sports, you know, thankful for my mum and dad being able to take me to, to all these things. But they all complemented each other at, at some point or, or not, right? And I think they all played a part in being able to help me get to this um, professional athlete, you know, whether it was um, the 400 metres or cross country or um, AFL, you know, rugby league even. Um, I think all of them played played a massive part in it. But, but What was it about? Sorry to answer your question. Um, basketball was probably about, I've got a photo actually that I came across the other day. It was probably about three and a half, not quite four years old when I stepped on the court <laughs> with my uh, with my jersey for the first time. I had no clue what I was doing on there, to be honest. I was just pumped to be out with some friends and, and family members what was it about basketball? We'll get to some of the other sports you played, but what gripped you about basketball? And, Paddy, as you started getting older, were you a standout or were you just one of the pack? And there's no time for modesty now. Oh, no, I was one of the pack, mate, um, for, for sure. Again, like, who knows Who knows what the reasons were, but, you know, I was definitely one, one of the pack. I think... Um, I was still developing, I guess. I mean, I um, hope I'm still developing now. I'm only six foot tall playing in this big man sport. But, um, yeah, um, 
I don't know about basketball. I think that environment that mum and dad had through that basketball club had had a lot to do with it. But I remember those. Um, I don't know. I remember those vivid memories of walking on the court, knowing that I'm going on with the with you know a couple of cousins or some friends, right, and being able to share that moment with them. Um, and I think that was you know. And then I've done some individual sports after that. But I, I really enjoyed the team aspect of it and and being able to to share you know talk about it on the court or, or go through those moments with other people um and you know you you fast forward now to to a place where you know i'm a leader of the of the you know australian team and of the san antonio spurs and again i i, I love that stuff I, I love being able to get guys and, and bring them together and and have one goal that we're all chasing after like that that's what i enjoy the most Paddy, you mentioned you were about six foot. Frequent listeners to this show um, will know I have two children who I always talk about with a guest and then they both come up with a question on their own that they want to ask. Now, my eight-year-old who is doing homeschooling at the back at the moment, so I hope this is a four-hour interview because it gets me out of homeschooling, Paddy, <laughs> which is a test. Um, his name is Mac, but he's uh, self and I, I, I laughed when you said uh, one of the boats was called the Penguin because his self-proclaimed name is the Big Penguin. This is the question. I hope you can hear it, Paddy. I'll play it down the line to you. This is the question to you from the Big Penguin. Hang on. Hi, Paddy. Big Penguin here. I'm eight and I'm the smallest kid in my class by quite a bit, to be honest. But when I watch you play basketball, you're very small compared to all the other players. But do you think it's possible that little guys can do big things? Ooh, that's an awesome question, mate. He done that all by himself? You know, we're about 90 episodes in, and I said to him, that is the best question you've ever asked. And wow. he was pumped. He was pretty pumped with himself. But, but yeah, he, he, they were his words, which, yeah, nice. which touched me as a dad because he is only a little bugger. It's, it's a good observation, mate, and, and uh, again, finding things that he can relate to while watching, you know, major yeah. sports, I guess. Um, look, mate, there's, there's no big penguin. There's no doubt that small... Um, hided people are able to achieve and accomplish big things. And um, you look, you just got to be able to, to use what you're given and, and find ways to be able to develop your game to get to the... Look, I, I, I can't do things that, you know, seven-foot people can do in the NBA, and that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, never been able to dunk in a game or anything like that, but, you know, it's just fueled my motivation to be able to get creative on, on how I can use my strengths and, and be able to overcome those other challenges, right? So, <laughs> look, I don't think height is a, you know, I, I, I guess I'm in an example where, you know, height is seen as a as a necessity in, in this game of, of basketball. Um, and it's, you know, I, I think I can prove to you, Big Penguin, that, that um, I'm an evidence of, of small guys being able to accomplish big things. And if being a, a three-time Olympian and a, a 10-year NBA vet and, and a champion as well is anything that, that you can take under your wing, mate, um, I'll be here to support you every step of the way. You're a good man. Just just on that, and he will love that answer. And we'll get to the NBA. We've got a long way to get to that point. But do you ever step on the court Again, watching The Last Dance and you see Magic and he doesn't look that big and then he's getting photos with Jordan and Bird and you're like, 
what about the size of these blokes? And obviously, like, LeBron, he's, he's a man mountain. Do you ever step on the court and just look up and say, like, not what am I doing here, but they are massive, massive men. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, like playing basketball for for a long time. I, I guess you, you you're used to coming across, you know, that size, I guess, and that physique. Um, and and now you you're a professional athlete, and now they're grown men at that height and that <laughs> build. Um, but yeah, look, the way that I see it, mate. I mean, those people can't do some of the things that I can do, and. Cool. Let's go toe to toe and and uh, let let's you know lay it all out on the floor. But you know it's just finding those advantages that that you have and being able to um, make the most of it. Um, yeah, LeBron can't chase me down the court. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, uh, you talked about different sports and rugby league and 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 running um, and AFL, which I know you've still got a passion for. I was having a look and there's some shots of a. I don't know how old you are. You'll have to tell me. Maybe a 15-year-old, 14-year-old Paddy Mills streaking down the wing in a look like a blue and yellow jumper at, a, at maybe at a national carnival. <laughs> You're pulling up the archives, mate. You had yeah, a lot of time in I quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing else to do. Yeah. So who are you? Who are you playing for there? So that was. Um, I, I think if I'm right, um, that was. Schoolboys Nationals. It was in Perth. I think it would have been about under fifteens. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, so I was playing for ACT. Obviously, going to school in in Canberra, um, and it was the Schoolboys Nationals. Um, I played footy for my school, um, and, and that's how you done it in in Canberra. You, your school team played against other club teams. Um, but again, you know, it's it, it's footy. I, I I love footy. I still love footy to this day. Obviously, you know, having a having a sharing of, over here. But you know, you'll be amazed to understand the similarities of skill work and and body functioning, body um, pattern, like movement patterns, right? That basketball and, and football have. Um, and, and I think you yeah. see it, right? How many people go from basketball to football or vice versa? Um, so again, another sport that complemented my skill set um, to be able to achieve basketball dreams. But I, I, I played footy. I loved it um, and, and, and miss it for sure. But um, it, it was fun, yeah. Back to Paddy in a moment. As many of you have pointed out over the last couple of years, I haven't been very good at coming to the party with rugby league guests. Well, next week we are going to the top of the draw in NRL with the coach of the Melbourne Storm himself, Mr Craig Bellamy. I have wonderful support from my family. And I remember, I don't tell too many people this, my daughter sent me this frame that said, everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. And I read that, I reckon <laughs> I read that twice every night and that helped keep, keep me going too because it wasn't okay. You know, a lot of our players were doing it really tough. They were cop- copping the whole heap in the press where, again, I'll repeat, you know, I understand that something had to happen because of, of what the club did, but for what the players were going through and to take away their premierships when they did nothing wrong, that's the thing that sort of, you know, that kept me going. Do you consider yourself a four-time premiership coach with the Melbourne Storm or a two-time premiership coach with the Melbourne Storm? That's probably the toughest question I'm going to ask you, I guess. No, it's not tough. Four? 
That's Craig Bellamy in the next episode of the show. Now, before we get back to Paddy, there has been a lot of talk about the Chicago Bulls in their glory days off the back of the brilliant Last Dance doco. There's also been a fair amount of talk, it must be said, about why we haven't heard from the big man from Australia, Luke Longley. But do not worry, do not worry, because the Howie Games has got you covered. If you missed it, go back to one of the most downloaded episodes of the show ever. It's episode 39, and it features Luke Longley, who, if you weren't aware... Played alongside Michael Jordan. In my best, I was three games out of four. I was good, you know, and probably on average two games out of four. I never saw Michael play a bad game ever. Even when we're beating New Jersey in New Jersey by 40 in this first half, Michael's still out there trying to find the next person to rip, you know, next person to, to – he just had an appetite. I used to call it a bloodlust, you know. It was like a – like a, some sort of a predator stalking up and down outside a cage of goats, you know, just wow. let one out, let one out, look, <laughs> looking at the next bench, waiting, seeing which one he could devour, you know. Wow. Guys sitting on the bench trying not, trying not to look at the coach <laughs> if they put me in. So Craig Bellamy coming up next week. Go back and listen to Luke Longley if you haven't heard it or maybe even listen to it a second time. All right, let's get back to Paddy. Was there talk about potential AFL careers? Again, I read something about maybe the Sydney Swans being in touch. But so you get to these stories and you don't know what's truth and what's what's rumour. Where was it at, Paddy? Oh, no uh, question, man. I'm 15 years old. I mean, I could have been told anything at that age and I would have tried <laughs> to have a crack at it. So uh, who knows? I mean, thinking about it now, I mean, sure, surely not. Um, but, you know, I think the AFL do a, good, a great job of that, right? They... Uh, especially within the Indigenous space too and, and where they're able to find and, and recruit players from, you know, yeah. very remote places. So I think they do a, a great job in that in, in general. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I don't know, mate. I don't know uh, what the deal was. But I remember that under-15 Nationals very vividly and um, it, it was fun. Who do you go for in the footy? Uh, Adelaide Crows, mate. Um, my family Crows. and, and mum's side of, of the family. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of... People in the family that are Port Adelaide people and a lot of people that are, that are Adelaide Crows fans. So you can imagine the the heads that bump when it comes to the the, the South Australian showdown. But um, I've been <laughs> I've been a, a Crows fan, you know, since day dot. Um, you know, along with the the family, and you know, I, I stick with that. Who's your favourite player across the comp you've ever seen? Who's your favourite AFL player of all time that you've watched? Tony Modra and Andrew McLeod. You are an Adelaide boy. Modra with those big grabs. Yeah, big grabs, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Um, and Andrew McLeod, yeah, I would, I would definitely say. Matthew Liptak probably. I'm, I know I'm getting a little bit biased here, but, um, yeah, yeah, that's all right. You're allowed to be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's move on a bit, Paddy. Um, you, you end up in the college environment at St Mary's. So what's it like as a bloke from Australia then to go to college? Like what was the college experience like? It's an ignorant question. I don't even know where St Mary's is. I should have looked. Yeah, it, it's in the Bay Area. Um, the East Bay is the region that it's considered just on the other side of San Francisco, across the bridge, the, okay. the Bay Bridge. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, nice area, um, especially the fact that, um, you know, you're probably about 40, 45 minutes from the city, San Francisco, um, but the campus is tucked away nice in the little valley there. Uh, yeah, v- very nice stuff, um, northern, northern California. Um, but you can imagine the culture shock, right? I mean, oh. it's going to be a culture shock for anyone in Australia to go over there. And it's nice, it's beautiful, you know, great weather. 
Um, but but it is, it's a culture shock. And, you know, now that we've gone from, you know, what I told you at the beginning of my yeah, upbringing and, yeah. and the islands and, and South Australia, um, it, it was it was good. It was really good. It was tough. Um, and, and In I'm what not, way? What, what was tough about it? What, what are your memories of what was difficult? Oh, just, just um, having um, culture around me that, Right, I've always used to having culture around me, and now I'm, um, I've been plopped in Northern California, um, in this uh, Catholic school where, um, again, that feeling of um, that sense of you know when I was three years old walking down the court, knowing that I have my family and friends behind me with that same background and sharing that with, um, I didn't have that anymore, and I think that's what I say when I say culture shock. But it it, it forced me to dive into this other American. culture culture and find out um, and, and learn about, you know, them to be able to learn out about myself, you know, and, and that's where I got to be able to um, understand how to, how to, excuse me, educate people on, on where I'm from and and what they don't know and, and, and how to describe those things. So, um, yeah, look, it, it was anything from um, the on the court was, was all right, right? You step on the court, lace them up, roll the ball out, you know, let's go to work. Mills wants to change the play. St. Mary's led by Mills with only one turnover. He's the freshman point guard from Australian Institute for Sport, one of the top development programs in all of Australia. And most young players stay a year and a half. He stayed free, and they say that's why he's so fundamentally sound and probably their best on-ball defender. That's rare for a freshman. Um, but then it was it was um, it was off the court that was tough, you know that that lonely sense. I mean, you know, I've never been in that situation before, let alone on the other side of the world uh, by myself. But um, there was a couple of other Aussies that that were around, which was very helpful on, on the team. Um, and then in my second year is when I met the I met the missus. She was uh, on the women's basketball team and, and stayed for all four years. So uh, that was a, a massive help for sure. I'm a fan of a big love story. I don't want you to give away state secrets, but tell me, where did you meet? And and, and as much as you'd like to, how did the romance develop? Because I'm I'm a sucker for a love story. Come Patty. on, mate, this podcast isn't a rom com, is it? I thought this was about <laughs> sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it's it, it's a good story to be honest, because um, you know she she played basketball. Um, she has that background, and, and she loves it, right? She she, you know, we've been here in San Antonio for however long and, you know, she, she's the first one there with me to the games. Um, after the games, when I'm doing all my recovery, doing what I need to do, look after my, my body, she's the last one there that's waiting for me. Uh, watching warm-ups, um, she, she loves it just as much as I do, which makes it very easy. Um, but she's been a massive rock of, of me being able to, um, you know, really, really focus on the performance side of things, and um, oh, mate, yeah, like, like again, like like my mum in that sense. Who knows if I'd still be there if I didn't have have her around? But um, she she gets it. She loves the game. She loves supporting, and um, I'm glad she's not here right now. Otherwise, she might be embarrassed for <laughs> me, me giving her pumping her tires up a little bit. Here. <laughs> I think she'd be happy to hear it. Was it? Um, you can choose to answer this or not. Was it a fancy proposal? Can you tell me about a proposal? Well, you're down on one oh, you knee. you want to hear about it? the proposal. That's the type I of... I do. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I do. Go, I, I love stories like that. Let's get down and dirty to it. But, uh, yeah, look, we, we, we have a, a, 
we have a lot of friends in Hawaii and, and we have a present there, which is good. It, it, it lets us um, stop over on the way back to Australia and, and live that kind of um, Torres Strait lifestyle out on the ocean. Um, so we have, um, we have some friends that have a, a family-owned um, shark diving tour where you can free dive with the shark. So he has his own boat and all that. Um, well, this is sounding romantic, Patty. I like this. This yeah. is sounding like there's effort gone into it. Come on, Howie, mate. What do you expect? <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> so um, it, it was cool because we went out on the boat um, and she just assumed that it was going to be, you know, just another one of those times that we go out on the boat, go fishing, you know, spear fishing, all that kind of thing. Um, and we ended up saying, oh, let's go over to this one spot because they have native Hawaiian shells that are called um, sunrise shells and you can uh-huh. find them in, in the sand at this uh, particular spot. So uh, we went scuba diving for them. So we went down, um, sorted out the, the, the sunrise shells. We had uh, uh, like tube socks, crew socks that uh, we were putting all the shells in. So when I came back uh, up and kind of poured it all out, out came the, the ring as well and got down on uh, my bad knee, which I don't know why I'd done that. Boat's rocking. Um, so I wasn't down too long on my knee, which was good that she said yes. But, uh, yeah, that was that was a story, mate. That's <laughs> a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing it. I appreciate it. No worries. Um, the uh, NBA draft of 2009, you go to the Portland Trailblazers as the 55th pick. Where are you? Are you watching it? How does the draft unfold for Patty Mills? Mate, we are with um, Alyssa and my family in Madison Square Garden when Adam Silver yelled out, you know, 55th pick, Portland Trailblazers. Patty Mills. And with the 55th pick in the 2009 NBA draft, the Portland Trailblazers select Patrick Mills from Canberra, Australia, and St. Mary's College of California. And he is here tonight. Patrick Mills is a magician, plays the guitar. He's also the only collegiate player to compete at last year's Olympics. He played for Australia. What do you like about his game, Jake? Yeah, he's got great speed and quickness. Yeah, he's good off the dribble. He can get by defenders and, and put you in to help. Uh, he's explosive off pick-and-roll situations. He's a, a streaky shooter, but he can make shots. Uh, he's just small. Uh, I think he can be a better on-ball defender. He doesn't really put a lot into his defense just yet, but can. Uh, but he can change the pace of the game with his speed. He's a, a solid backup point guard in the NBA. And honestly, I'm surprised that he didn't go a lot higher in this draft. I thought he would be a, a late first-round pick. Mate, I reckon I've looked around and the cleaners have come in to sweep up the popcorn and... Uh, People have come in to, right, because 55th pick, there's only five picks until the whole thing's over and everyone just wants to come to see the, you know, the, the lottery pick, the first round or the top 15 and then everyone, you know, gets out of there. So 55th pick and, like, crickets, mate, I, I swear. But, um, look, that that's where we were. Again, it's, it's that experience, right, that, you know, no one in my family or, or culture had experienced before. So it was like, you know, when I decided to come out of the um, of college and, and put my name into the draft, let's go. I mean, we got to experience all, all this, whether it happens or not, you know, let's let's get amongst it. So um, it was our first time to, to New York, to the Big Apple. But, yeah, we, we were in Madison Square Garden when, when Adam Silver yelled out my name and, and went up there, shook his hand, got my hat. Um, it was a cool moment. Yeah. 
And at that point, I don't know enough about you, and we'll get to this. At that point, do you reflect on? It's obviously the start of the journey in some ways, but it's a big journey to get there from what you've described. Do you, do you sit there at any point and think, wow, I'm going to be an NBA player? I'm this bloke from, you know, Canberra and you've told me your family history. It's it's pretty special to get to that point, I would have thought, Paddy. Yeah, no question. Um, uh, again, and, and you go back to the hurdles and, and um, what you've experienced and what you've been told that you you can and can't do or or shouldn't do right and um there's always that point to prove um you know well to yourself first and foremost right and then whoever's watching then then so be it but um i think when it comes to that point i mean you know 55th pick all right job's just beginning um got some more proving to do and 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 that was the mindset you know i i felt like i you know should have been picked earlier and then i've i've come to understand now that you know draft picks and all that okay it it's great to be drafted but does it really make a massive effect i don't know i mean i don't know how many guys you could probably count on your i mean i, I don't know the number but how many guys were in that draft that night that are still playing in the league right now you know um, yeah, so so to be able to, but that was the mindset, right? Fifty fifth pick. Um, well, I, I've I've still got some proving to do, and and that was the case. And um, went to Portland um, right after that um, New York trip, um, and <laughs> about two weeks later, at the start of summer league training camp, I I've gone down with a broken foot, and I was out for the rest of that season. So. Um, as you know, as you take a look back, or you step away from the journey, and you look back on on those hurdles, on those adversity moments, and and they've all added up to be able to help me at some point, um, and that was just an example of one of them. That is it for part A of the show. It only gets bigger and better in part B. See you there, legends. Listener.